0: American football in Finland.
1: The voice in your ears is Perfect Purvis, and welcome to another episode of American football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host, Q Floyd.
2: What's going on, people? What's going on?
1: And we have a great show lined up for you today. Before we get into the football, first of all, Q, how was your weekend, man?
2: I had a pretty good weekend. It was definitely an exciting one. (laughs) <laughs> football-wise. Other than that, it was cool.
1: Yeah, same for me, man. Maple League was all I was worried about this weekend. So, let's get into some football. Game balls. First thing we're going to do today is we're going to give out a few game balls from last weekend. Who
2: impressed you this week, Q? Well, I'm going to give my game ball to Coach Pecker of the Corpio Steelers. Uh, not only did he have a big win this uh, this uh, weekend, he uh, he stunned Europe. Um, I think a lot of people follow the Roosters and uh, now they'll be following Corpio Steelers because uh, uh, they're the last team to beat the Roosters in, in what, two years now. So um, Coach Peck of the game, my my game ball goes straight to you. Good job. Uh, great start to the season. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to put
1: this out there too. I'm pretty sure that Corpio Steelers going to be in the top 25 on the next rankings. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, inside knowledge, fellas. Okay. I'm pretty sure they got to be in there. <laughs> But uh, my game ball actually is going to go to the Walsall Royals, okay? Oh. The reason the, reason the Walsall Royals have my game ball is because, as everybody knows, I gave them a horrible grade going into the season off of the little bit of information I had. Monday got here. They didn't have a quarterback, like a starting quarterback that wasn't finished on their team and honestly just didn't think they were going to show up. And what they did was they proved everybody wrong. Everybody thought they were going to lose that game just by sheer like them not being ready. And what the Wassa Royals team showed was that fuck what everybody else thinks. Like they got something going on out there in Vasa. And for that, you get a game ball for me because I respect any team that can just go out there and play football. Fuck what all the haters say, including myself. So I appreciate you, Wassa uh, Royals. You guys get game ball. Whole team. And Seppo, you get a game ball too. Matter of fact, the cheerleading staff get a game ball. The uh, field game crew get a game ball. The whole organization get a game ball. Wassel Royals, y'all doing y'all thing. Inside the numbers this week, the Quabial Steelers upset the Helsinki Roosters fifty-seven to forty-one. The Steelers outscored the Roosters sixteen to zero in the third quarter, which actually was the difference of the score of the game. On total offense, the Steelers had 416 yards to the Roosters' 376. The Steelers had 197 rush yards compared to the Roosters' 125. The Steelers had 219 yards of passing, while the Roosters had 251. The Steelers committed one turnover in the game on a fumble. The Roosters had four, three interceptions, one fumble. Third down conversions, the Steelers were 6-for-13 for for 46%, while the Roosters were 2-for-10 for 20%. In the red zone, both teams were 100%. Points off turnovers, the Steelers scored 28 points off of turnovers while the Roosters only scored 8. Key performers of the first game of the week, Steelers running back Gerard Johnson had 28 rushes for 130 yards and 4 touchdowns. Steelers quarterback Seth Peters was 11 for 23 with a 48% completion percentage for 219 yards, 3 touchdowns with 68 yards and 1 touchdown on the ground. Steelers wide receiver Tino Ndongo had seven receptions for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Defensive back Donovan Hayden had 12 tackles with a sack, a forced fumble, and two interceptions. Another Steelers defensive back, Tommy K., I can't say his last name, had three tackles, three pass breakups, and one interception. And linebacker Matthias Erickson had nine and a half tackles. For the Roosters, Adam Connett had 10 rushes for 83 yards and a touchdown seven receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown, and had 330 all-purpose yards, including returns. Receiver Alex Wasseljeff had four receptions, 86 yards, and, a, and two touchdowns. Quarterback Mira Cadmary was 17 for 36 passing for 47% completion, had 251 yards, four touchdowns, and threw three interceptions. Defense alignment Oko Oitonen had six-and-a-half tackles and four-and-a-half tackles for loss. Rooster defensive back Villio Olimpinen had six tackles. In the second game of the week, the Walsall Royals defeated the Porvo Butchers 33-12. The Royals were up 26-0 at half, making the second half just a formality. On total offense, the Royals had 335 to the Butchers 316. Rush yards, the Royals had 143 to the Butchers only 46. Pass yards, the Royals had 192 to the Butchers 270. Turnovers the Royals had one fumble while the Butchers had three turnovers, two interceptions, and one fumble. On third down conversions, the Royals were 7 for 10 for 70% conversion while the Butchers were 7 for 12, only converting 58% of the time. In the red zone, the Royals and the Butchers both were 2 for 3, 67% success rate. Points off of turnovers the Royals had 13 while the Butchers had 6. Key performers of this game the Royals' quarterback DeAndre Borrell was 6 for 12 for 50% for 138 yards, one touchdown, and also had 89 yards rushing and one th- rush TD. Roy's receiver Emmerich Nicolt had six receptions, 151 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, backup quarterback Jerry By- Byman had, was 3-for-5 for a for 60% completion rate and had 54 yards passing and one touchdown. Linebacker Mark Millen had nine tackles, one sack, one interception, which went for a pick six. Uh, defensive back Marcus Pearson had six tackles, he had one PBU and also one interception. And lastly, for the Royals, linebacker Josh Davis had nine tackles. On the Butcher side, Hans Fortune was twenty-six of forty-one for sixty-three percent completion, for two hundred seventy yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, including the pick-six. Receiver Miko Seppinen had seven receptions for fifty-four yards. Running back Dayton Wynn had ten rushes for twenty-seven yards and a touchdown also having six receptions for 59 yards. Wynn had 141 all-purpose yards in this game. Finally, Butchers linebacker Kenneth Bradley had 11 tackles and one sack in the game. The Sineogi Crocodiles defeated the Tampa Bay Saints 20-7. The Crocodiles outscored the Saints 13-0 in the second half, including the pick six. The Crocodiles only had 32 total offensive plays. On total offensive yards, the Crocodiles had 146 to the Saints 315. On rush yards, The Crocodiles only had 44 compared to the Saints' 52. In pass yards, the Crocodiles only had 102 compared to the Saints' 263. Turnovers, the Crocodiles had zero turnovers while the Saints had five, which is a tell of the game. Third down conversions, the Crocodiles were 2-for-8, 25%, while the Saints were 4-for-12 at 33%. In the red zone, the Crocodiles were 100% while the Saints went 0-for-3 for 0%. Points off of turnovers, the Crocodiles had 13 while the Saints had zero. Key performers in this game: Crocodiles running back Christian Paul had 18 rushes for 64 yards, one touchdown, with a 3.6 yard average, and he also had 80 yards passing and one pass touchdown. Crocodiles quarterback Jonathan Baker was four for ten for 40 percent with 22 yards passing. Defensive back D.J. Stewart was had four and a half tackles, two interceptions, including a pick six. Linebacker Yaskin Vardinen had five and a half tackles and one and a half tackle for loss. Linebacker Saudu Yalo had three tackles, one forced fumble. Defensive lineman Vincent Buffet, or Buffet, I don't know how to say his last name, had two and a half tackles, one and a half sacks, and one fumble recovery. For the Saints, Toscani Figaro was 14 for 26 with 54% completions with 263 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions, including a pick six. Tyler Broad had four receptions for 106 yards and one touchdown. Oscar White also had four receptions for a total of 86 yards. Defense alignment Yannick Krause had five tackles and one sack. So let's get into the first game that happened on Thursday. Corpio Steelers stunned the Roosters fifty-seven to forty-one.
2: First off, what are some of your thoughts about it, Q? Uh, well, first off, I knew Coach Peca, uh, you know, would have guys prepared, uh, fired up for that game. It's the first one of the season. You know, they've been practiced against each other. Um, just to just a flashback on the game. I mean, it was an exciting game. It was a shootout. Uh, the Roosters came out, made some mistakes. Corpio, uh, you know, they did what supposed to do on that many turnovers. They scored off of all the turn- all the turnovers, I believe. You, you can't beat a team like that, um, even though the Roosters was still close in the game. Corpio did everything they needed to do to win that game, so they definitely was a better team that day. I
1: agree with you. Just so, some of my thoughts on it was the Steelers deserve to win. I'm really happy for the Corpio organization because they've been grinding. Like you said, Pekka's like taking them a long way. Um, uh, one thing that was glaringly obvious in this game, and I'ma say it because nobody else is gonna say it officially anywhere. Is that uh, Tommy K from Kuopio, I can't say your last name, bro. I'm so sorry, Polish man, I can't say it. But kudos for locking down Namdi. And I can't say your last name neither, Namdi, but shit, you know who you is. Namdi's a tall dude. And Tommy had him basically one-on-one most of the game. He played press, he played off, he played zone, but he was around wherever Namdi was. And Namdi did not have a very good game because of it. I, I mean, kudos to you, man. I wasn't expecting him to be a cornerback type at all. I thought he was a, a lot a safety, and it just really stood out how he kind of took away what's supposed to be their like big time receiver.
2: I agree. I agree.
1: I was really impressed by Steelers defense overall because it's so it improved so much from one year. Um, having Donovan Hayden at the safety position, he's still a linebacker. I don't care what anybody says, he's playing safety. But all that meant was instead of him being four or five yards from the ball, he was eight or nine yards. He was still coming downhill all game, making tackles, and he had the field vision enough to get two picks in the
2: game. Really great by him overall. Any last thoughts on the game, Q? Uh, no, just to piggyback on what you just said, uh, Donovan Hayden had a had a big game. Um, last year I thought he was playing out of position. Um, this year he seems a little more comfortable um, at that safety spot. He definitely had a big game for their defense. I'm just waiting. I I might need to change my MVP thing. If he keeps playing like that, uh, he definitely can be in the MVP uh, race for sure.
1: Obviously, we're giving a lot of praise to the Steelers,
2: but I want to be
1: honest with what happened in the game. The Roosters were in it. Shit, they lost by two touchdowns after giving up points on 28 points off of turnovers, you know? That means they played well. They scored 41 points. 41 points is nothing to laugh at and say, oh, well, you ain't shit. I mean, they gave up 57. That's not great. But at one point going into halftime, they were down by 18 with four minutes left. They ended up going into halftime down by four points because they were able to, like, come back when they needed to. This Roosters team is not bad. I feel like a lot of people thought that them lose and just immediately like, oh, the Roosters ain't shit. Don't get it twisted. I'm not going to give them any pass for not having all the players. I don't care about any of that. But the team that played that game against the Steelers was in that game. The Steelers never put them away. That whole game, you were thinking, okay, they might be able to pull this out if they can just get a run. But the Steelers stayed ahead. The Steelers showed a couple of weaknesses against this team, and that's because the Roosters are a good team. Like I said in, on the article I wrote earlier, if you haven't seen it, go to the podium and check it out. The Maple League wide open this year.
2: And the Roosters are right up there with the
1: Steelers, even though they lost this game.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, The Roosters definitely still look good. I mean, uh, they they had a lot of turnovers. Obviously, they were missing some key players. Uh, Miko is always going to keep that offense and that team in the game. Um, It looked bad at at a a point on both sides of the ball, but the Roosters are still the Roosters. They still have playmakers. It was the first real Maple League game. I'm not gonna count those international games because that really doesn't mean anything for your season. Um, right now, one team is one and zero, and the other team is zero and one. And the Roosters are—I know they'll bounce back and and um, get back on that winning side. This was was a punch in the mouth for them. Um, I know it's something that they're not used to, especially this early in the season. And uh, if anything, this will this will be a spark for them to 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 make sure they don't have those same mistakes in the next game.
1: Alright, I got Quopio Steelers running back Gerard Johnson here. Uh, Welcome to the AFF Podcast, man. Before we even get started, so happy to have you in Finland, man. I know you was out there in Gothenburg last year. It's a little bit different out there in Quopio, ain't it? Appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and answering a couple questions today, man.
0: Appreciate you having me on the show, man. Yeah, it's definitely a big difference from last year uh feeling is, i I'll say, a lot colder than what uh, Sweden was. But uh, I'm getting used to it. Uh, I'm starting to like it, man. Love the team. Love this new league. And just happy to be back on the field this year.
1: All right, man. Let's get into it then. First question I got for you is, how were you and the Steelers able to be so successful on the offensive side of the ball against the Roosters last weekend?
0: I think the biggest thing was uh, just everybody being confident, and what they were able to do, um, we preached all week, uh, not to make the game bigger than what it what it was. Everyone know what was on the line and who we we're playing, so it was no need to keep reiterating it. So the main thing was just everybody doing what they were supposed to do. Nobody tried to do anything outside of what they're normally used to, and I think we just jailed well as a team. Um, on offense and defense as well. But uh, I think offense, we just jailed together, and we ended up finding a way to pull it out.
1: Now, talking specifically about your offense against the Roosters defense, did you go into the game knowing that you were going to get 25-plus uh, carries, or did you guys adjust to how they were playing you from the get or something like that? What kind of adjustments did y'all make throughout the game?
0: No, we definitely didn't have uh, that plan for me to run the ball that much, but uh, that was just the way the ball was rolling. Um, We figured out that we weren't going to be able to get outside of them too much because they had pretty good defensive ends, but uh, we figured out where a weakness was on their defense, and so we just tried to attack that. Um, I never would have thought that I was going to get that many carries, but hey, that's what you train for in the off season, and if that's how it happens, that's how it happens. We knew it was going to be a physical game, so we knew it was going to have to have a establish a run game in order to uh, stay in the game anyway. So I guess just running the ball that much, that's what help us uh, stay physical, and that's what helped us stay in the game.
1: Yeah, man, y'all definitely stayed physical in this game. But this was one of those games where, you know, people they're putting a lot on it now after the fact saying, Oh, you know, the Steelers finally beat the Roosters, you know, Maple League's wide open. But in this game, like in the moment, when when did you know, you know, like, hey, we're gonna win this game? Like, they don't they can't beat us right now. Like, what was the defining moment in this game?
0: I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I felt like after the first first couple drives, I felt like we are going to win that game only because I knew that the physical presence that we established early in the game, I knew that they hadn't prepared for it and I knew that they weren't expecting it. So I felt like we set the tone early and I felt like we were going to maintain it the whole time because I know how hard we've been working and I know how much this game meant to this team. So I felt like we had that game pretty early and I didn't think that they could adjust to it because I didn't think that they understood or they – realize that it was going to be that kind of game.
1: All right. So just talking a little bit more about like how your state of mind was during the game. I mean, during the game you had to realize at some point that, Oh shit, I'm getting a whole lot of carries. So what was going on in your mind? Like as the game was going on and you was getting the ball more and more when you realized you were getting so many carries, what were you thinking?
0: I really wasn't thinking too much about it. uh, During the game, uh, I, I felt it. I definitely felt it, but uh, I wasn't thinking too much about it. The main thing was just to get the win, and I knew they told me on the sideline that we was going to grind you out a little bit. So I had my mind prepared, all right, let's get it done. Since it's a physical game, I realized that. So I know in a physical game, you're going to have to establish a run game, and the run game is going to be heavy. So my main thing was just staying focused and keeping the energy going and keeping them guys going so we can uh, get to the end of the game and get that win.
1: You definitely got the win, that's for sure. Again, congratulations on that one, big dog. But uh, obviously there were some things that didn't go the way you guys wanted them to. I mean, you didn't score every drive. You damn near did, but you didn't. So what are a couple of things on the offensive side that you're going to be trying to you know, fix before this next game that you guys have?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. We got a lot of things to work on for our next game. And we know that it's an early. We had a lot of jitters going on uh, at the beginning of the game. So, of course, we have a lot to work on. I would say, uh, me personally, I know I have a, a whole lot to work on myself. So the main thing is it's easier to fix mistakes after a win versus trying to fix them after a loss. So, it's much easier to, to figure out what went wrong when you won versus when you lost because then you, you're questioning a lot now.
1: So Next, you guys got the Porvo Butchers. Uh, tell us a little bit about that matchup. How do you think you guys are going to fare in that one?
0: Um, it's tough to say. Um, I would say just going into this game, I know what we're capable of doing. So I feel like the main thing is just focusing on us. If we, can, if we can limit all our mistakes and put all the pieces together that we messed up on last week, I feel like we should be in a good position. I know our defense is hungry and they are ready to get back out there. So I know our defense going to hold it down. So the main thing is just offense just doing what we do best and just staying on course.
1: All right, man. Thanks for answering all the questions. We appreciate you coming on the podcast and doing this interview with me, man. Uh, Before we even get out of here, is there anything you want to say to the people listening out there? Anything you want to say back to your family and friends back home? Any of your friends out here in Europe that are listening?
0: Tell them something. Uh, No problem. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, I'll say the only thing I will say is Corpio is a force to be reckoned with. And if you don't respect it, when you got to play us, you'll find out.
1: Now, let's talk about the, the Wassa Royals beat Porvoo Butchers 33 to 12. And just even before we get into the actual game, everyone who's listening, I want you to realize. After one week of Maple League play, the Walsall Royals are in first place. Don't get it twisted. They won by the largest margin. So, technically, <laughs> week one, they're in first place. Like, people, don't be sleeping on them. They they beat the shit out of the Butchers point-wise. So, um, just what are your thoughts on the game, Q? Oh,
2: man, this is definitely uh, – I, I, I wouldn't say a surprise, but it definitely was eye-opening, obviously, for the Butchers. They didn't look that good at all. Uh, Walsall surprised me. It was a sloppy game. Um, but while you know, Sepo always has that team ready uh, and competing to win. Man, like we said um, prior to the season start, you can't never count the the, uh, the Royals out. know uh, Sepo always say bow bow to the crown. They they actually made Porvo bow to the crown. They got the confidence to start their season that they needed. And uh, this game was just a reflection of that.
1: I feel like I, honestly, I give all the respect to the Royals for coming out there and balling. But if I'm I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, the Royals looked okay. But the Butchers just looked fucking horrible. And that's what really made the difference in the score. The Royals played a good football game, not taking anything away from Watson and what they did. But the Butchers, they threw a pick on the first, on the first, was that first play or the first drive in the first and when I think they first it was got the first.
2: Ball. Was it the first play? First, first play, I believe.
1: I, yeah, I can't remember if it was first play, but first of all, they came out five wide. That's a mistake. And then they threw a pick on like a hitch route or something, a short, a stick route, I think it was. A pick six at that. Mark Millen, shout out to you, man, taking that all the way back. Now I know who you are, cause I didn't before that. And then second drive, another pick. And that pick goes to Fargay Island, you know, Sweden out there, my boy Marcus Pearson doing his thing. And after that, it was pretty much, who knows what's gonna happen. And then you got the Butchers trying to do this, like, pass offense. I think they threw – I think Hans Fortune threw for over 200 yards. And in this game, the Portable Butchers came out in this spread offense and they weren't able to be successful. Like, it's not the offense that they're built for. Their linemen couldn't pick up any blitzes because the Royals were in a 3-4 defense. They got four linebackers flying to the ball. Kudos to you, Royals. Defense, Wesley Mota, defensive coordinator. Great job. But the Butchers weren't ready for that. That defense, that offensive line is full of fatties. Yeah, I said it. Besides r 2 Timburn, they all fatties. And what fatties can't do is move well side to side. And that's what happened. They couldn't protect the quarterback. Hans Fortune had to do a lot of running for a guy who doesn't like to run. Had to move a lot. He had to throw for uncomfortable positions. And that's because no one was worried about their run game. Who plays the Porvo Butchers and isn't worried about their run game? Matter of fact, they have one of the best running backs in Europe. And I'm saying this because I've seen Dayton Wynn play, and they had him playing slot receiver. The guy was playing slot receiver and he did really well at slot receiver, but he didn't get any burn at running back. He only had like 10 carries for, I want to say 27 yards at running back. And there was a lot of shotgun stuff, not a lot of um pistol or eye formation where he had a lead blocker, mostly just him running zones. So it really wasn't gonna work. I'm just really disappointed in what the Butchers put on the field offensively in this game.
2: Porvo just did not look good there at all. Um, if you sign a running back, uh, please don't always play him at receiver. Like you said, the guy only had 10 carries. He obviously needs the ball more than that for, you, for your offense to, to get something going, to have a chance. Um, Porvo just did not look put together. They have to bounce back and show something. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season for them. Last thing I'm saying about Porvo was that
1: defense looked stiff as fuck. It couldn't tackle anybody. A lot of missed tackles, and not because they physically couldn't make the tackle, but because they physically couldn't get in position to make tackles. No no disrespect to my boy Tom Suosti, but he's not the juking type of running back, yet he was able to juke defenders on the butchers. That says something. That team was not – prepared defensively as well and it showed and as usual their secondary was horrible but that's to be expected from the butchers that's the only (laughs) thing that was consistent from a butchers team that i've seen is that their secondary is still horrible which it has always been since i've known them okay so last game (laughs) of the weekend was on saturday it was the Mud Bowl. Senio Crocodiles beat the Tampa Bay Saints. Uh, what was the score? Twenty to seven, I think. I can't remember a score off the top of my head. But uh, what were your thoughts on that one, Q? Oh, the,
2: the old Crocs. Um, <laughs> wow, the, the Mud Bowl. The Mud Bowl. I will say it was an interesting game to watch. Not only was the weather terrible, um, but Tampa Bay Saints. Oh man, you guys, you guys have to put something together. I don't want to judge them off this game, and I don't want to judge the Crocs off this game per se, even though the Crocs did win. Um, we'll have to see them on an even, you know, a, a literally even playing field. Uh, I don't think either team could actually be comfortable, um, on that field, but at the same time, it's football and things happen, weather changes, and you got to learn how to adjust the Crocs did. Um, I did see some good things from the Crocs. Their D line is a little, little bit more quicker athletic than it was last year. Um, they have a defensive import. That's, that's a playmaker. Uh, You've seen that with the pick six. You know, the Crocs got something to prove. I think they started the season off great with this win. Uh, Tampa, the Saints pretty much left off. I won't say left off where they were last year, but uh, I just don't know the coach, and I don't want to you know talk that bad on him like that. I just didn't know what the game plan was. A quarterback, I don't know if he's comfortable in that offense and if he's the right fit, but like I said, it was such a sloppy game. Otherwise we didn't really see much, um, but but bad stuff. So we'll, we'll just. See you know, the next game, the next time both these teams play, we have a better you know judgment on it. You're right about that.
1: Like this is one of those games, and again, if you check out my article on thepodium.com, yeah, I'm throwing in those plugs. <laughs> I wrote that like this is one of them games where you might watch the film once afterwards, and then after that, you probably never look at this film ever again because neither one of these teams did what they wanted to do, and the weather was a huge factor here in Finland. It rains maybe seven days a year. The fact that they were playing on grass at that, that's not even that common. A lot of teams actually only play on turf for most of the year and only play on grass for certain games when they play in Sinaioki or in Wassa. Everywhere else is turf or even that shitty velodrome carpet they have in Helsinki. So for this game, not a lot was really seen from it, but what really stood out to me is first play, halfback pass, 80-yard touchdown. Crocodiles set tone from, from day one. They said, look, we're here to put up points. We here to, to make shit happen. It wasn't the prettiest play. The fact that Coach Maddenly decided that, you know what, we're gonna hit them hard from the very beginning, kind of let you know what the Crocs were thinking going into it. And I feel like after that in the game, they backed off. I feel I feel like the crocodiles really backed off because of the weather. Um they have a lot of speedy receivers. And a lot of route runners, you got someone like Spencer Cuddlin. He's not a barn burner when it comes to speed, but he runs good routes. Really hard to do in mud, which means he's not going to be able to get open in a game like this. And then you got guys like Stefani Fortes, who's really fast. Patrick Wilson has a lot of speed, not going to be able to use it in a game like this. So they just kind of went the other way and said, we're going to try to run the ball. And they weren't able to really even run it successfully. Stat-wise, the Saints had a better game than the Crocs. Now I think they had over 300 yard total yards often like 350 compared to the Crocs had like 146 or some shit like that. But it really came down to the fact that the Saints had five turnovers. I think that mm-hmm. three interceptions and two fumbles. Crocs had 13 points off of those turnovers. That's the difference in the game. Including the pick six, which when they took the pick six to the house I was glad because, shit, I had, I was 0 for 2 on my picks for the week. So, I needed that. Appreciate it, DJ Stewart. <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. Appreciate it. Because he took that shit to the, <laughs> the crib. I was like, whoo. But Tampa one touchdown, in my opinion, pure luck. Quarterback slips. Looks like he went down, but he didn't. And then all of a sudden, there's a wide-open receiver. That's the only way they score. <laughs> I'm talking way too much. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. Y'all going to hear this this year. Y'all going to hear this this year. I ain't leaving nothing <laughs> out here. Okay? One thing that I really wanted to get off my, my chest about this game, the Crocodiles running offense. They're rushing offense. It was subpar. I want to say Christian Powell mm. only averaged like three-point-something yards a carry, 3.6. That's not really his type. But I'm going to give the blame, and it's it's tough because I have to do it because this is a young guy. But Yuka number 70, right guard for the Crocs, you, did, you, did, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. I was watching him the whole game. Why was I watching him? Because he was going against Yane Krause, number 97 for the Tampa the Saints on the other side. And that guy's a beast. And I wanted to see, you know, if this kid could match up. And what he did was he couldn't block Yanni by himself. If he double team blocked him with the center, he only halfway helped. The center had to do most of the blocking. And if he missed a block, that was it. He's walking. I'm seeing other linemen running. He's walking. This dude is walking around, not blocking anybody, and the Crocodiles can't run to the right side of the field. That's not good for them, and I'm just putting it out there, man. Y'all need to do something about your right guard situation because it's a weak spot. I'm not even watching film like that, but I know that. So if I know that, what do you think every other team in the Maple League knows? Get it fixed, Crocs. Get it fixed.
0: (laughs) Get it off your chest.
1: All right, it's that time. We're going to say what's on our minds, so let's get it off your chest. Q, what you want to get off your chest this week?
2: Oh, man, what I want to get off my chest is, oh, the Wolverines going to be the team this year? (laughs) Everybody's waiting to see. This is probably the most anticipated uh, game. I won't say game, but it's one of the most anticipated days of the football season for me Um, because I have friends on the team. I did coach with their uh, head coach in 2017. I like Coach Mattingly, uh for the Crocs. And I think this is actually going to be a real good game. Uh, but I just wanted to get it off my chest to see. Wolverines, are you that team? Are you that team? For me, what I want to get off my chest,
1: again, you know, if you read my article that I wrote on thepodium.com, uh, week one doesn't determine the season. I just want, I want people to know this shit because I'm tired of people coming at me Oh, you must have got your predictions wrong. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm talking to anybody (laughs) that said that shit to me. Get the fuck out of here. Week one does not determine shit. All it is is one week out of 12 games. The Steelers won. That doesn't mean the Roosters suck. The Royals won against a shitty Butchers team. That doesn't make them a Maple Bowl contender. It is what it is. The Butchers' shitty first game doesn't mean they're going to suck all year. It's one game. The Crocodiles won in a mud bowl. That doesn't mean anything except for the fact that they got one win. Like, that's all you can take from that damn mud mud bowl. The Saints had five turnovers in a mud bowl. Oh, well. Like, you can't be mad at the Saints. They outperformed them stats-wise but couldn't score in the red zone and had five turnovers in mud. Week one, that's all it was. Week one was interesting, but it's not a blueprint for the season, man. A lot of shit happened in this first week in the Maple League, and that's fucking great because we don't have that that type of intrigue usually in, in the first couple of weeks of the season. So that was really good to have. But I just want y'all to know, man, it's one week of games. I promise you six weeks from now, none of these teams will look the same. We're going to start doing shout-outs here on the podcast. So what we're going to do is every week you can send an email to me at perfectpurpose at gmail.com. State in anything that's on your mind about football in Finland, send me an email, and we'll read it on the show if it's interesting enough. I want to let the fans, the people of Finland, be involved in this show, guys. Okay? So we won't be reading anything that's, like, malicious or downright stupid. So don't waste our time, like, sending us some, like, trolling emails. But whatever you do, send that to me at perfectpurvis@gmail.com at gmail.com and make sure to include your name and the city in the email. And again, if you can't remember it, it's perfect at gmail.com. No spaces. All right. So next week we're hoping to get some emails and we'll read that to you and stuff.
0: Cheers to the freaking weekend.
1: Okay. So the Maple League teams are back in action this week. Thursday. We have the Steelers versus the Butchers. And then on Friday, we have the Wolverines versus the Crocodiles. And then on Sunday, we have the Roosters versus the Royals. Okay. So weekend of games. What's gonna what's interesting to you, Q, about this weekend?
2: Uh like I said before, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I won't see this Wolverines and Crocs game It's night lights. Um it's what everybody wanted to see. We're gonna see if Corpio uh, will continue to uh, score points like they did last week if that defense will make the adjustments that they need to to be a dominant team. And uh, uh, yeah, I think they're it, standing out more than anything to me. Uh, I know the uh, Wolverines been getting a lot of a lot of slack for having um, so many Americans, which is not against the rules.
1: Not um, against the rules. Way to,
2: to, to, it's not against the rules. So if, if if you about it, then you need to fix. You need you need to talk to your board on your team. Um but right <laughs> now it is legal. And uh which they haven't played the game yet, so we have we not- we haven't crowned them yet. I did pick them to win the Maple Bowl, but that's just me. I'm not anybody per se. But um <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Friday night lights game. I mean this, this this should this should be a super exciting game on both sides of the ball uh for the Wolverines on paper. They look real good. They got a lot of vets. Um, but then I get to see Kristen Powell. On, um hopefully it doesn't rain and get to see what he's going to do against. Them. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that game, uh, actually the whole weekend, just to see how teams bounce back, see what adjustments they make and, uh, and go from there. I agree with you. Uh, that that Wolverines
1: uh, debut is going to be a barn burner. I'm excited about it, and y'all know I'll be out there. I'll be in bra hay, and I'm probably going to be wearing my Wolverines hat. I ain't going to lie to you, Crocodiles. I'm going to be wearing it. And mostly because I don't have a Crocodiles hat. So if you want to change that, you know where to find me on Friday night. I'll be there wearing my Wolverines hat because they gave me one. Shit, it is what it is. Uh, another thing I think is going to be interesting about this weekend. I mean, I think all three games have their own like storylines. The Wolverines, what are they going to do? Crocodiles, are they for real? We got to see that against the Wolverines. That's going to be an epic game. Even with the Steelers game, I know – you want to see how the Butchers are going to bounce back. We didn't think they are going to be better than the Steelers in the first place. My question is going to be, okay, the Steelers put up 57 57 points on the Roosters. Are they going to put up 60-plus on the Butchers? Because, I mean, I say do it. I don't say take the foot off the gas. It might be a larger discrepancy of the score, but I want to see 60-plus from the Steelers. I'm interested to see if they'll actually do it. I don't know if they have that killer instinct in them. That's the reason they only won by two touchdowns is because I feel like they don't have that killer instinct, put them away and leave them out there in it. So I'm interested to see that. And with the Roosters-Royals game, obviously, just want to see how the Roosters react after a loss because we haven't seen it in two years. Will it be like a, a slaughter of the Royals or are the Royals actually a good team and actually going to give them a fight might even pull off the upset? So. It's exciting, man. The first week was so crazy that the second week is going to be super exciting as well. I I mean, I think the whole Maple League season is going to be great this year, and I'm glad to be a part of it, man. Just happy to be about it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Next up, I'll talk with Crocs head coach Michael Maddenly about their game against the Wolverines this weekend. And after that, we'll finish up with the hot seat. So, I'm here with City Crocodiles head coach, Michael Mattingly. Michael, welcome to the podcast, man.
3: Good to have you back. How you doing today? What's going on, Purvis? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me. It was a good first game for us, but, you know, I'm just glad to be on the show and excited for the Maple League season to finally start again. Okay,
1: well, we're going to move on to next week. You know, after you win a game, you got to move on to the next, so... On to the next game. What do you and the Crocodiles team need to focus on before this upcoming game against the Helsinki Wolverines?
3: Yep, there's a 24-hour rule after each game, and after that, you're on to the next. But um, for Helsinki this week, we have to definitely work on our offense a little bit. You know, the rain and the field conditions were, I mean, some of the worst I've ever seen. And probably also is, you know, figuring a way to – Slow down Rojo's offense with their little no huddle spread formation and how he likes to check and call plays to the line. We just have to make sure that we're ready to go and we align and assign. And if we do our things correctly, we have enough weapons on both sides of the ball to be able to compete on, you know, in any facet of the game, scoring points, creating turnovers again as we did this past game, and just you know keep ourselves in the game to give us a shot at the
1: end. All right, coach. Speaking on the Wolverines. Who, or I guess I'm going to say either what player or what group on the Wolverines do you think is their strength coming into this game?
3: Well, I'll give you both sides of the ball. But offensively, you know, Roberts have been around for a long time, but I would probably say their receiving core um, with R.J. Long, Cedric Johnson. I believe Marcus Siskinen is one of their finish receivers and. Depending on if Charles Wart plays receiver as well, if we see Jabari Harris there also, William Young and Wart possibly in the backfield, they just have so many different weapons, but it's mainly the wide receivers. And then on defense, they got pretty good defensive backs up front. You know, we think we can expose them a little bit, but in the back end that's probably their strength as well. So their skill guys on each side of the ball are probably where they're best at in in our eyes as the crocodiles.
1: All right, so on the flip side, what advantage do you think that you and the Crocodiles have against this team?
3: Well, I believe that we'll be able to control the clock, be able to run the ball well, which that's normally what we do. Um, This past week we didn't do it great, but, you know, we'll move on. We'll fix some things and we'll continue to do so. And also we'll be able to show them, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff. So they're going to have to prepare really, really well for all of our different formations, our sets, everything that we do offensively. Um, on the defensive side, I mean, we are an aggressive, fast defense, and, you know, if we can pr- apply pressure on Robert in the backfield, I think that's our, you know, our best chance of winning. If we just let him sit back there and only rush three or four and don't get any pressure, he'll pick us apart most likely, as he does most people. So I think those are our two advantages, and we can really get after the quarterback with our two import ends and, pretty fast linebackers, and we get constant pressure in the middle with our big guys, so I think those are our advantages.
1: I know you just named a couple of your D linemen as some uh, playmakers for you in this game, but what are a few players, you know, putting their names out there, a couple guys you expect to show up big in this matchup for you in the Crocodiles?
3: I would expect Jonathan Baker to have a very good day. Um, You know, if it's decent weather outside, good field conditions, I've heard – the Wolverine's got a nice, nice arena, nice turf. Hill she should have a big day. Uh, receiver-wise, Spencer Cutlin and Stefan Fortez will eventually break out. I know there's a lot of guys we have to throw the ball to, but they are both dynamic playmakers who you know can just do everything you need. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, Amir Kalani and Davion Stewart are great in the defensive backfield um Irohutala has played very well at corner in the off season in week one and then linebacker wise with our rotation of our main three guys Miko Rastis, Sadu Yalo, and Yaska and um I would say I would expect all of them to have a good day the linebackers might be in a little more of a hard battle because of the RPOs and the passes but they should still do well all right coach um
1: I'm no idiot It's 12 games in the season. You guys are expected to get into the playoffs. So you might even see the Wolverines three times. So in this first matchup, obviously you're going to try to win the game, but there's going to be things that you're going to do to figure out about this team later down the road. So both your team and the Wolverines, what are some things you're expecting to learn during this first matchup from both teams?
3: Well, from us, um, I want to see how we deal with adversity early. I mean, it, it's not the biggest game of our season, of course, as you get later in the year. As you said, there's 12 games when playoff implications are on the line. Things start getting serious. But as a week two matchup with the two quality players and you know coaches we each have, that's what I'm looking at from our team. Um, from the Wolverines, I just want to see how they can respond to – different types of looks and and just different types of pressures and how good they are up front and how they react to different stunts and blitzes, et cetera, and our blocking schemes. And if they're you know really as good as people think they are or their offensive line is better than people think they are. So there's not much to say in game one, but those would be the things that I would look out for. And then when we play them later in the year, I would expect to adjust off of that.
1: Okay, so this is going to be the last one, Coach. Last question. Uh, Last year, your team scrimmaged Wolverines, and we know there's some debate about who won that game. This year, you declined to scrimmage them before the season. Uh, This is my question to you, and this is, I guess, more of a personal question to you than anybody else. Do you consider this a rivalry game in week two against the Helsinki Wolverines?
3: Well, we all know who won the scrimmage, and it was us. Uh, I think Christian Powell had nine carries for one hundred yards in the first quarter, and we took him out. So that can just speak for itself alone. Um, that's a that's a jab at Rojo and the boys. I had to throw that one in there, um, but you could say so. I mean, I know a lot of the guys down there. You know, Jabari Rojo, Benji. You know, I kind of know William Young a little bit, know their coaches. Um, I know a lot of guys up here. You know, I've been involved with the Wolverines a lot. Uh, their head coach, Kari, has been in Senyokia before, I believe, and knows a lot of our organization and management. So you could say there's a little animosity between us, and and I think it's going to be a really intense game that's going to have a lot, of, a lot of swagger, you know, a uh, – a lot of uh, loud voices going on in the field that people are going to have to look out for. So,
1: Well, shit, I'm super excited about that then, man. Because you know I'm going to be out there. I want to see who's going to win out of the Crocodiles and the Wolverines. I want it to be a bloodbath. I want there to be some hard hits. A lot of words said maybe even a couple of fights. No, 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 no. I don't want any fights, guys. But um other than that, coach Michael Maddenley, we appreciate you coming on the podcast today. As always, good talking to you. Thanks for answering a couple of my questions and good luck to you and the crocodiles this week against the uh Helsinki Wolverines, man.
3: Thank you, Purvis, for having me. It should be a good one and uh I'm I'm pretty excited for it. So it should be a good week, too, and maybe i catch you down there before the game and, and we can catch up. But thanks for having me on, man. The Hot Seat.
1: All right, let's get on the AFM Hot Seat. Q and I take turns sitting on it each week. On the Hot Seat, one of us has 60 seconds to answer as many questions as truthfully as we can. These questions can be about anything. They're not limited to football or the show. We do not know the questions the other will ask. So, the answer is 100% off the rip. Today, I'm on the hot
2: seat. Q, let's go. All right, here we go, Purvis. First question You're going into a championship game, you get to pick either quarterback. Are you taking Sean Shelton or Brandon Connett? Oh, shit. I'm taking. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's tough. Uh,
1: I'm taking Sean Shelton. I got I more coaching experience. Gotcha.
2: Uh, if you could eat one of these the rest of your life, which would it be? Pizza or macchera? Pizza. Macchera hurts my stomach. Okay. <laughs> Name two
1: people you can't stand on TV. Stephen A. Smith and uh, <laughs> and I
2: guess any of the Kardashians. Name one NFL team that you think we can do without. Cleveland Browns. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. All they, wow. all they do is lose. <laughs> and they in <end> Cleveland. <laughs> okay. Who cares? For a million dollars. Would you sever one of your own fingers? No, wouldn't do it. Nah,
1: nah, nah, wouldn't do it. Yeah. you technically familiar. don't.
2: You technically don't need your thumb. You technically don't need it. I was. I still wouldn't <laughs> do it. I ain't tripping. Money ain't everything. I can't do it. Now this is the question. This is a random one. What's better for a person, sleep or love? Sleep. You can't live. You can live without love. You can't live without sleep. That, that's true. Would you rather get hit by Mike Tyson or Deontay Wilder? Shit.
1: Uh, I'm going to say Mike Tyson, and, and I'm going to explain why. I, I honestly believe, you know, the way that technology is and how people the people's bodies have developed over years, Wilder might physically be stronger than what Mike was back then. Like It might not match up for the time periods, but, you know, how basketball players and football players are bigger now, faster than ones back in the days, even though they're not necessarily as good in their era. I think Wilder's good, but I think he physically, it might hurt a little bit more than what Tyson was back in the day.
2: All right, last one. This is the last one. All right, who lives a better life? President or the mascot for the Warriors? And that's Golden State Warriors. I mean, I would have to say the mascot for the
1: Warriors, because president, his life's got to be pretty tough. We're talking about, we talk about the Orange <laughs> guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't say that his life is, I mean... That dude went from, you know, just an asshole people thought was an asshole to an asshole people honestly hate. I was in Denmark a couple weeks ago, (laughs) and they're selling shirts saying, fuck Trump. I'm like, what? Like, just randomly on the street. Like, I couldn't. No, I wouldn't want that life. Hell no. That's just me, though. No. Well, shit, that's the hot seat. Good ass questions. (laughs) Good ass questions, Q. Well, shoot, uh, that's all we got today for the AFF podcast, man. Q, anything you want to say before we get up out of here?
2: Hey, I want to say, this is what I forgot to say. Uh, the young guy, Yako, is that how you say his name? Yako, number 27. That boy got some wheels. He has got some wheels. I am looking forward to seeing that receiving core do more. Um, I didn't give a shout-out to Gerard Johnson, though, but he he balled out, too. i seen him play in Sweden. I, I, I mean, I, I knew he was a good running back, but now... He can really handle the ball 25 to 30 times a game. That's going to be a problem for the Maple League. So, shout out to the Corpio Steelers definitely for for showing out this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was a hell of a week. I'm just happy everything went the way it went. Uh, I forgot to say it, but you can see our picks every week. We've, we've been doing the pick them, and we're doing it again. So, the picks will be out. So, definitely just look on either the Podium Facebook page, Perfect Purpose Facebook page, or – on Instagram or something, and you can see the pics of who we got. I think everybody's one and two. The Swami is two and one, and then we'll see who we pick this week. Uh, Other than that, uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Subscribe on all the different channels. Make sure you do the damn thing. Follow us. Like it. All the the damn podcast apps, we're on it. AFF Podcast is on it. So like us, follow us, whatever social media thing we got to do, and let's keep this going. All right, guys, last thing, never
2: forget T-I-F.
0: American football in Finland.